What's up everyone, my name is Cornelius Franklin and welcome back to yet another episode of the Franklin Media Podcast. Today we are joined by Zach. Now, Zach is a 17-year-old powerlifter who has set a few British records for his age and weight class. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Let's get started. Uh, Zach, if you would like to kind of um, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and sort of what you do. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Zach. Uh, I, I, I've just started competing in powerlifting. So my, I did my first competition in February, the uh, ABPU Southwest Qualifier. Uh, yeah, I totaled 570 kilos at 82 and a half kilos so that was quite well an 82 and a half kilo weight group I was just under that and you kind of you set some British records for your age group and stuff didn't you yeah so the total itself was the highest uh there was the deadlift the 245 deadlift was also the biggest deadlift in my in in my age group and, and weight class in Britain. Okay, so um, what we'll do is we'll just ask you some basic questions, kind of get to know you a bit more, uh, going through kind of things like your morning routine and stuff like that. So what is your current kind of daily morning routine or in particular back when you were more training at the time? Because obviously we're in lockdown and it's a little bit boring. Yeah, so I mean, with lockdown, I've got, I've got um, a rack and some weights and a deadlift platform at my house. So I've been actually training more in lockdown than I was before. Uh, so I've been getting up, I've been getting up in the morning and I've been getting my sort of power lifting out of the way. So, you know, uh, getting my heavy squats, usually it's, usually it's a heavy squat, a heavy, heavy deadlift first thing in the morning and then the bench stuff. And then the rest of the day is spent getting, getting steps in, uh, getting food in, and then in the evening, I come back and do my accessory work. So the sort of muscle building stuff. So you're talking about like food. What is your current like uh, diet and what sort of foods would you tend to be eating on a typical day? So currently, I'm eating about 4,000 calories a day. Uh, uh, most of that's coming from um, meat. I mean, lean, generally lean meat. So that I have stuff like... Uh, beef and salmon in there because I think the fats in them are quite important they definitely slow down the digestion a bit just you know makes makes the entire system a bit happier um, rice as well lots of rice lots of pasta oats um, and eggs really that's also, my, my fruits and veggies in there, but they can change day to day, really. So, you are you like calorie counting at the moment, or do you just sort of go with a diet that you've been given? Or I uh, I, tend, I calorie count actually. I've I've got a a spreadsheet that my dad helped uh, help me set up where I can just put everything in. It's basically my it makes it act like my fitness pal, but. I don't know, we just make our own one. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> what is kind of like your daily exercise regimen at the moment? All right, so yeah, uh, first first thing in the morning, so I'm, I'm working out six days a week at the moment. Uh, five, five days of those are sort of powerlifting days. So on the, on the powerlifting days, I'll get up uh, and eat, eat a big breakfast and then def- I'll do... It's usually it's going to be usually going to cover two to three compound movements. So, 
for example, m- Mondays I do some he- heavy squats and then I do some uh, pauses on the bench press. On, on a Tuesday I do a squat variation on the on the safety squat bar and then I do sumo deadlifts, you know. Um, so, you know, it's all structured kind of like that in the mornings and that's typically like fairly fairly heavyweight, fairly low low volume in terms, you know, it's only, it's usually about 10 sets total really but because it's powerlifting, it takes quite a long time to get through. Um, yeah, and then in the evenings will be, the evenings, will be kind of a, a hypertrophy session just based based off of what I trained earlier that day. So on Mondays, I do a quad focus session. On Tuesdays, I do a back, back biceps and hamstring kind of focus session. On a Wednesday, I do a, a push session. Uh, on Thursdays, I have a nice fun day. I do an, I only I don't have any powerlifting that day, and I do arms just, just for my own ego. Uh, and then uh, Friday... Friday, what do I do for Friday? I do uh, bench and deadlifts. So I actually, but because it's deadlifts, I do a, a, a second leg day, but more focused on hamstrings. And then on uh, Saturdays, it's oh, fr- Saturdays gets horrendous because I have front squats, then I have a bench variation, then I have uh, weighted pull-ups in the morning. So I just do I do enough body workout in the evening, but I, you know it's kind of a bit hectic Saturdays. <laughs> then Sunday's off. So when you say uh, in the mornings you're doing kind of like a power lifting sort of session, how would you, how would that go about as opposed to like a hypertrophy session or something like that? Uh, yeah, so uh, with the, obviously power lifting, the goal is always to lift the most rather than, you know. So it tends to be very low reps. I mean, it's usually, usually it's about, it's anywhere between one to five reps per set and you know a lot of the time it's not going you're not going to failure on these sets so keeping them at fairly decent sort of I maybe I had one rep less maybe I had two you're always leaving a little bit in the tank as to not completely exhaust yourself um, the other important thing with the power lifting uh, is just is that the amount of time it takes to warm up because because we're doing such heavy loads and such low reps it takes quite a long time just to work through the warm-up sets i must do i'm you know i do seven or eight warm-up sets sometimes for for each movement cool so in your session if you're going to like uh train squats and stuff like that uh if you're training like particularly squats or something so how would you normally start off with that sort of session so the first thing before I've even touched the bar, is just uh, opening up my hips. So I do a couple, a couple hip stretches, holding them for thirty seconds per side, and then after that, it's focusing on uh, glute activation because I think a lot of people, myself included, struggle really to maximise the use of the glute in the squat. And really, it's such a strong muscle. You know, it's quite important to quite important to get the best out of it. So that will usually be. Banded crab walks, uh, hip thrust, like body weight hip thrust, and uh, banded uh, abductions. So just you know, pushing my leg, pushing my uh, knees out, getting that rotation of the hips. Uh, once I've kind of done that, I then actually warm my shoulders as well, just to get make sure that they're nice and loose for getting under the bar. And then after that, I'll just get under the bar 
storm walk, sat on the bar. Then I'll go uh, 60 or 70 kilos. I usually go about 100 kilos, 120, 140. And then depend, it depends on where I'm working up to because from after 140, I just tend to do sort of singles. So just one rep at each weight, building up to my top top weight. Like what you mentioned there, like warming up, that's something that's so important that so many people kind of miss is kind of that warming up, uh, getting blood to the area, working on the actual mobility and just getting... Uh, sort of like ready to start working they often just come in I'm gonna I'm going to squat today so they just go and start off just by straight into the squats and like that is how you can cause like a lot of major injuries and stuff like that so yeah warming up is like super important um and sort of like what is what would you say like the difference between training for like powerlifting and what most sort of people are training sort of is um I'd say the thing is of powerlifting is you have to you have to structure your training very carefully because you can't just come in every day and max out. You can't just be doing one rep max here, there, and everywhere. It needs, it needs to be, the volume needs to be controlled enough that you're, you know, you need to have enough volume there to provide a stimulus, but at the same time, we don't want to be, you know, digging ourselves into a hole too deep that we can't recover from. So it's all about building a, usually, see, the power, when I train, it's structured into box. So I used to have a hypertrophy block, which is where I just spend time dedicated just to growing muscle. And after a hypertrophy block, I go into a strength block. And that will be, that's what I'm in at the moment, so it's lower reps. And then after that, there'll be a, a deload week. And then there'll be a, a peaking period. And the peaking period is basically very low volume. And you're just only training for powerlifting. You're just doing singles and doubles and triples. Um, but that's all you're doing. So it, I think the, the key difference between powerlifting and just coming into the gym is you need that, that structure. Um, but I think that's something a lot of people would benefit from, really. I think I, I think I see a lot of people training without without a plan or without a structure, and it's very easy to get sort of lost or, uh, to be, you know, to, to not be able to see your progress, really, if you, haven't got, if you haven't got any record of what you're doing or what you're supposed to be doing. I think it's quite easy to lose sight of sight of well you're doing really yeah a plan is like super important um like a because uh you don't know what you've done kind of for the last few weeks and you can't see how you're progressing and if you don't have a set plan you can't implement a uh, progressive overload so properly starting to overload stuff and you are as you said more likely to kind of go for those one rep maxes and try and uh and end up overloading and injuring yourself so like the importance of making sure that you're progressively overloading not aggressively overloading is super important um, so, how did you get into powerlifting? Well, it actually, I I only got into it fairly recently. It was about December time, December two thousand nineteen. I actually got into powerlifting. So, I originally was just going to the gym, and I was sort of I was training sort of I guess a bodybuilding kind of style training I was you know doing workouts dedicated to specific muscle groups um, and I was I've been training with a fella called uh, Sham Sham Ali and he was a, a mentor the British champion and trained him with him for a while but I hadn't really I don't know I just didn't I didn't feel like I was getting any sense of achievement out of training like that um, so it, I was I'm training I was training down in New Body in Weymouth 
Um, uh, and there's a lot of powerlifters there. And Luke Luke Tolman trains down there, and he's a he's a world record holder in the bench. I think I can't quite remember his record. He's, he'd be mortified if he found out. But you know, he's he's insane. Yeah, he's absolutely insane. And I don't know, I just sort of thought I might as well give it a go because everyone around me was powerlifting. So I, I I asked Luke if he'd coach me and he said he would. And then next thing you know, I was entered into a competition. So that's kind of how I, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that you had a coach. Like what, what is kind of like the benefits to actually having a coach and someone dedicated to help you to achieve like your goals? Uh, I think the most important thing about a coach is they're not emotionally attached like you are so what I mean by that is you can become sort of attached to training ideologies you can become attached to things in your diet but a coach will look at it objectively and say yes this is good or no this is not as good for your goal um, I think the, the key thing for a coach for me was actually reining me in because I used to just go in and I used to see loads and loads and loads and loads of volume and I just was tired all the time and actually having Luke there to say no you've got, you've got to leave it there though you know just giving me direction and yeah you know having someone to tell me how hard to push but also when to when to stop when to back off and when to when to say enough is enough you've done you've done what you need to do I think that's very that's very important also a coach a coach's main job really should be to manage a person's expectations. And I think that's another another thing that's very hard to do without a coach. Um, it's very easy to look at the people on social media and in the magazines and to think that you should be you should be looking like they are or as strong as they are. Um, and to kind of set yourself unrealistic time frames to do it in. But a coach's job should be to explain to you that, you know, they, to give you the tools to get where you want to go, but also explain to you that this is going to take time. And if you choose not to to follow the advice you're given, then you also will not get the results you want. So I think that's, that's you know, I think that's a huge benefit of having a coach is just having someone who can lay everything out clearly for you and then, allow you to make the decisions that you need to make to get where you want to go yeah so a coach is bringing a lot of uh, knowledge wisdom um, experience to it and they're also at um, kind of set off to the side so they can objectively look at where you are where you want to go and try and direct you on down that path um, kind of inspire you and also help manage those um expectations as you were saying so yeah coach is like super important so like how how when you first got started like um what was kind of like your first session or uh getting started into it like um, the part yeah i i mean when i first started at the gym was probably it's probably more relevant really because that's a bit less specialized i was doing full body workouts four times a week i think um and it was just a bit of everything you know it's just a bit of everything uh it was Focused on like com, you know, compound lifts, squat, squat bench, deadlift, uh, overhead press, and rows, pull ups. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I remember the. F- <laughs> I remember when I first started getting into the gym. My my first goal was to be able to do a pull up because I couldn't yet do a pull up. So actually, <laughs> every, probably wasn't the smartest move. But every session I'd come in, 
And the first thing I do is, well, no, I, I run for 10 minutes. And then I, the first sort of weight thing I do is I try and do a pull-up. Uh, these are say it took me quite a while to, to start doing a pull-up. But <laughs> I mean, that's a goal that lots of people have is like, I just want to be able to lift my own body weight up if I like fall off a cliff or something. I just want to get to being able to do the pull-up. And then, like going from that point where you're just like you don't really have the knowledge and stuff like that to then uh moving into it getting a coach and actually starting to properly go out for and achieve your goals of becoming like a power lifter and stuff like that um as you were approaching kind of like the competition how how was that sort of feeling how did your training sort of change or did it change at all as you were kind of approaching that competition yeah so uh about four or five weeks out, I'd say actually maybe even six weeks out, sort of around the six, five to six weeks out from the competition, uh, I took a, a deload week. So I basically just cut loads and loads of volume for my training. I literally was coming in, I do three sets of squats, so I'd be done for the day. It was really, really minimalistic. And coming off the back of that deload week, then was a, a peaking phase, and. It was it was kind of it was very minimalistic. It was it was, the sort of accessories and hypertrophy stuff was sort of almost non-existent. Really, the main focus was the squat, bench, and deadlift, and basically staying injury-free. Um, so there were no, uh, but you know the reps became very low. It was I think I was just doing doubles I think I'm doubles triples and singles basically all the time um, just building up and up and up in fact yeah the first let me see yeah I did I was doing triples the first week of that stage then doubles then singles then singles then my last round of singles then it then I had a week off then I was the competition nice so how like for those of us who've never actually done a competition or anything like how does how is that experience actually going to a competition and starting to compete um sort of what do you actually do on the day and stuff like that right so uh the competition i went to had a 24-hour weigh-in so i was in an awkward position before i got caught the competition because i sit sort of around 84 kilos so i'm kind of in the middle of two two weight categories so for me the first so two days out from the competition I I I didn't drink anything, like nothing. And that was absolutely horrendous. And the night I had a twenty four hour weigh in, so I was weighing in the day before the competition. So two days out from the competition I was drinking nothing. I was taking hot baths, trying to sweat sweat out loads of water and stuff. And and I just felt horrible all day. Which is not so. This is not something I'd recommend people do. I, I'd say for your first competition, don't do what I did. Go into a weight class that you can comfortably make make the weight. That, that was a horrible experience. And then, so anyway, I woke up. So next day, I woke up. Uh, I was under eighty-two and a half kilos. So I, I, you know, I got. I went to the gym where the competition was being held, and I officially weighed in. I think I weighed in at eighty-one point nine kilos or something and then so that was me that was me done for that day so the next thing I, I mean I spent all day basically eating drinking and just 
trying to conserve as much energy as possible. Uh, obviously, I was very, very nervous the entire day. It was pretty nerve-wracking. It was my first competition. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, the only thing I sort of did do was I went I went to the gym again. I came back to the gym later, and I actually used some of the equipment that I was going to be lifting on the next day. So in powerlifting, there's a thing called a monolift, which is, uh, I suppose it's kind of like a squat rack, but instead of having to walk the weight out, you can sort of stand up with the weight from the pins, and then the pins come away, so you don't have to walk out the weight. You can just stand there and squat. <laughs> Uh, so I had to get used to that. I had to find my height settings on that. Um, but yeah, pretty much that, that whole day before the competition was just spent stuffing my face, really. And I think when I went, when I woke up the next day, I was sort of 89 kilos. So I, I put on about eight kilos in 24 hours, <laughs> which was uh, something else. And yeah, the, the day of the competition, I, I turned up and it was it was bit hectic really there was people everywhere there wasn't a lot of space to warm up in I was jumping in between a lot of guys on so the first lift in any powerlifting competition is the squat so I was trying to warm up for squats I was jumping in with random people I didn't know I had to kind of introduce myself very quickly luckily um luckily there were people from my my gym competing as well and my coach was up there so I had people I knew which was uh, very important for me and then before I knew it, it was the time to squat. And I think I think squats were the, probably the hardest part mentally of the day because anyone anyone who does squats regularly knows how how scary a heavy squat can be. Uh, because you know if that if that thing buries you, it's just oh my, it's the worst feeling in the world. So I remember actually. Uh, on my first attempt on the squats, I did 185 kilos, and that moved that moved fairly well. I was fairly happy with that. And my second attempt was 200 kilos, and I um I got really riled up for it. You know, I was really like ready to go, and I just I was just sort of in a, a really hyperactive state. I walked it out. I I walked out. I got under the bar. They lifted it, and I I just I was just so. I'd forgotten I almost forgot how to squat and I, I just got flattened by it and this was a weight that I'd actually been doing for reps in the gym and I, I, was, I remember I, the sporters caught me I got no lift on that lift uh, so I was really really annoyed I remember I was just annoyed at myself more than anything how, how have you done this and um, I remember you after you've done the after you've had your attempt you've got a minute to put in your the weight for your next attempt so I remember just saying, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And I remember I wrote, I just wrote 200 down again. So I went for 200 a second time. And the big thing was the second time I went for it, I took my time. I didn't get hyperactive. I just took a big deep breath before I went out on the platform. I was, you know, none of this sort of uh, growling or uh, shouting or anything, just calm, calm, calm. And I took a big breath before I squatted it. And then I squatted like it was nothing. And I think that's a very, if anyone is thinking about competing, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. That you, I, I, I personally feel that there's sort of a, a trade-off between getting hyped up and you can get, you can be so full of nervous energy that if you let it control you, if you let it get overwhelm you, you you won't be able to show your best. So I think that was a, that was a good lesson for me and a good lesson for anyone else out there that, that, that 
that you know you can't let those nerves get ahead of you. But you know after after the squats, I started to enjoy it a lot more. Bench, I found very really fun. I mean, I set a new PB of one twenty five kilos on the bench, which was massive for me. Especially uh, bench being my kind of least favorite lift, I was quite happy to see that. And then deadlifts were interesting. Actually, deadlifts were interesting because I did want I did want that British record. Um, and I expected I was I expected to squat it squat more because. Uh, 200 kilos was meant to be my second attempt not my third uh, I was I think uh, my coach and I had in the back of our heads we were going to go for about 210 on the squat but because of because I got too excited we uh, couldn't obviously do that but we could have done but it, was, it wasn't it was it a good idea um, so initially I was going to open so my first attempt on deadlift was going to be 200 I think but we just went straight to 220 on my first attempt and that moved to like like so smooth I was so happy with that and then the second attempt was 235 kilos and 235 kilos was the most I'd ever deadlifted at that time and that that was quite a grind uh, And but then to get to get the record the, the British to get the 570 which was the the record at the time uh, I obviously I needed the the two a two four five deadlift, so I just put it in. I just put it in and said, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, and I mean, that was probably the greatest five minutes of my life. Just going up to that bar, the atmosphere in the room was absolutely electric. Like everyone was cheering and shouting for me, and I don't know, everything just fell into place. I I just walked up to the bar. I took my time, like. And then I just started pulling it from the floor and it, it moved and it was, it was, you know, it was a grind. I don't know if you've seen the video of it. It's up, up on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. It was, it took me a good while to get it up, but it just kept moving. I just kept pulling and pulling and everyone in the crowd was shouting at me. And my, my coach was like, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually I locked it out and uh, I got three white lights, which meant that the, the judges said the form was, the form was good. Uh, so I, and I so I got the lift. So you know, I mean, to anyone anyone thinking of competing, I'd say the the sense of achievement I got off that, just competing, just conquering my fear of going out in front of people was was absolutely amazing. Um, so anyone who's thinking about doing it should definitely do it. And it doesn't necessarily matter if you're not if you don't think you're the strongest or anything, because everyone I met at that competition was really nice. I had no negatives interactions at all that day um, obviously I can't promise the same for everyone but I like to think that um, it, the general spirit of powerlifting is like that yeah mate your um your face when you when you finally locked out at the top of that deadlift you look so unbelievably happy it was like you're like I've done it I've lifted this ginormous weight off the floor yeah, I mean that that feeling is something else. Um, yeah, I, I I know there's probably also. I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people might not be even into powerlifting or anything, but setting setting yourself some sort of competition goal was, you know, I don't know. People that are into running, finding a, a marathon or a half marathon to do, and I know I know there's people that do uh, physique competitions, bodybuilding competitions, and stuff. I think just setting yourself something to aim for is always just going to be really important. Because kind of that that fear that 
that that's quite a powerful um quite a powerful tool in the training you know like oh i'm gonna have to get up in front of all these people and show them what i've been working for so i might as well make it as good as possible yeah it's a it's a good motivational tool like i'm i'm gonna get as good as i can ready for this competition and stuff like yeah like, it's something i've not like personally wanted to do either a powerlifting competition or a seat competition but like it would be something that would be interesting to do because then you have some kind of a target to focus for and you can kind of put your effort in like i mean if you if you're kind of like i, I don't feel like training today but you also know like in a few months time you're going to be on stage performing in front of other people you're kind of like nah I, I can't just lie in here I've got to get, get up go shift some weight improve get better exactly exactly yeah I mean that's exactly what it is you can't if, if you know you've got to you've got to get up in front of a crowd of people and perform you you will go to those training sessions because you're so scared not to perform so after the competition kind of like what what were you kind of feeling after you got back when you got back into training like how did your next sort of training sessions afterwards go so i felt i did not feel i felt very banged up after that competition i must admit uh i uh i actually took i don't know i took a good while i think i had sort of a week where i wasn't really training i think i i visited the gym twice just to kind of uh there's more of a social thing at that point i just was kind of uh, having a bit of fun for a week uh, I wasn't you know the instructions from my coach were to take it easy and just let my body heal up from it because that, that was a massive exertion uh, and then the week after that it was, it was back to business as usual it was uh, yeah well before all the COVID stuff had hit um, I was actually meant to have British Championships in May so I was straight back into the gym to train for them but they got they've been postponed. In fact, I think they've been cancelled because I had European. I was meant to be at European Championships this week coming, but they've been pushed back to October, November. So it's all a bit, a little bit out the window at the moment. <laughs> awesome. So coming back to kind of like your diet, you were mentioning it a little bit at the beginning. But what is kind of like your diet at the moment? So kind of like what is the nutrition that you're going through uh, to help yourself kind of like your body recover and get bigger and stronger and more powerful for doing these sort of powerlifting competitions and big power movements? Yeah, uh, so in the morning it's uh, porridge and I think at the moment it's four eggs, olive oil and uh, porridge, four eggs, olive oil and then some fruit of choice. Um, I, I think people are, I think, I've definitely heard it before that people have kind of got this stigma about eggs and the fat in eggs and stuff. Uh, in, in general, people seem to have quite a stigma of fats, but I have a lot of fat in my diet, mainly because the importance of it in um, hormone production. And also, it slows down digestion, which when you're eating a lot of food like I am, is it's quite important. It doesn't just go straight through you, you know. It can get a bit horrible if it does. Um yeah, and then I had my first workout of the day followed by a post-workout meal. So that'll either be a, a protein shake with um, some form of fast-acting carbohydrate. So, I mean, basically simple sugars. Uh, I, I quite like bananas. they got a decent bit of sugar in them, but they're also, you know, not the worst for you. 
cereal works quite well as well. Uh, I know a lot of guys who use Rice Krispies post workout and stuff like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, the rest of the day I have a, a fish and rice meal. I have a. What else do I have? A. I have a, I usually have a pasta meal actually after my second workout of the day I usually get a nice big bowl of pasta with uh, some form of beef with it um, yeah I think I mean kind of sort of the main the main meals and then between that I'll have smaller smaller meals so I have uh, that sort of skier yogurt uh, I, well I don't know if it's even a yogurt it's, some, it's a nice and a yogurt I think that's quite that's got quite a lot of protein in it, so I have that as a snack usually. Uh, with with some usually more porridge, really. Go to snacks are always pop porridge and yogurt. <laughs> nice, so that sort of typical sort of powerlifter, strongest man sort of diet. Yeah, I mean, obviously scaled down because I'm not a monster like some of those guys. Uh, mine's only 4,000 calories a day. Those guys are eating 10,000 plus. So what kind of actually is the difference between powerlifting and strongman stuff? Oh, so that I can. So powerlifting, the competitions are literally squat, bench, deadlift. A a strongman, obviously, the the competition is a lot more varied. You have a events such as like you know got atlas stones you've got plane pools you've got well, you've got you've got overhead presses involved you've got uh farmers carries well any form of weighted carries you know they've got and they i mean they have deadlifts and squats in there as well but then not to be one end all of strongman um and also with strongman the rules are on deadlifts are actually slightly different um you're basically in strongman. You're allowed to do a thing called hitching. Uh, you know about hitching deadlifts, don't you? Uh, yeah, you push. You know, you rest it. Basically, rest the bar on your knees. So, you, and you're allowed to use straps. Uh, powerlifting is does not allow either of those two things, but a strongman does. So, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's quite. To be honest, it's quite easy to get them confused. And, and at the end of the day, in powerlifting and strongman, you've got these big chunks of fellas lifting massive weights so they're not as different as the strong man the powerlifters would love to leave a lot of different skill sets involved um is like strong man something you'd like to try have a try at or i'd, I'd love to give strong man a go i would i would but uh, it's quite hard to find places to train strong man at really um mainly because the kit is so hard to get hold of you know uh you rarely find a place that's got Atlas stones anymore. Uh, I think I think maybe Progress Gym in Google. Progress Progress Gym has uh, some Atlas stones, but that's a little ways out from where you are. Yeah, um, a log as well, a log press. Yeah, you know, it's, it's quite quite hard to find a place where you can get all the kit really that you'd you'd want to train strong men. I think at Progress Gym they've got. A fair bit of kind of like the strongman sort of stuff. I know uh, when I was doing a course down there, they had some people coming in and they were training strongman stuff. Like they're 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 big people. Like the people doing strongman, you're like, you guys are huge. Yeah. Also, like they make a lot of noise. Also, training, they're not not quite like gym goers, are they? Oh no, they're quite loud. Oh yeah, big, big noise and big weights. That's a that's always a good combo. Yeah. Some of the nicest people, though. So, what would you like say to someone who is considering getting into like powerlifting or interested in going into like a competition or something like that? Well, 
if I could give um, any piece of voice to anyone actually going into the gym, it's just it's 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 gonna it's just focus focus on yourself. Stop like if I could go back in time and talk to myself, I'd be like you know focus on all the amazing things that you're doing, all the amazing bits of progress that that you're seeing, rather than worrying about what you know what everyone else is doing you know it's it's so easy to compare where you are or compare what you've done to other people but it you know you it's kind of you just lose all the joy out of uh what you're doing if you do that i mean don't yeah rather than focusing on how good someone's powerlifting numbers are or how muscly that guy is over there or how fast that person over there is able to run just focus on where you've started and how far you've come uh, and I just think that's the most important that's, that for me anyway is a, a very important tool and something I'm trying to still teach myself to do because it's, it is very hard but when, I think once you can master that uh, you'll love you'll love every bit of your your fitness journey yeah that's like super important that um kind of like don't worry about others like they'll worry about themselves start focusing on yourself see what you're doing just set little small goals and just progressively overload and start to achieve your goals because you don't know what they're actually doing what they're posting on instagram is just a very highly filtered version um like that's not what their everyday training session looks like but like just focus on yourself set your own mini goals whatever they may be whether you want to get faster stronger uh bigger muscles just set your mini goals and just start slowly achieving them find other people who are kind of like uh interested in that same area uh potentially get a coach or something if you're wanting to go into like bodybuilding or powerlifting or anything a coach in that is invaluable just because of how much information they've got uh they've already done it themselves um and they've helped other people do it it's like super important yeah absolutely it's, it's i'm trying to remember the quote i think it's uh comparison or is the thief of joy which could not be more true you know the minute you start comparing yourself to other people is the minute you kind of lose all the all the the value really that you've in your progress yeah awesome so uh do you have any other like competitions or anything that you're planning on uh going towards or working towards at the moment obviously like lots of them have kind of been cancelled or delayed out especially with the coronavirus at the moment yeah, so my my next competition is the AWPC European Championships. Hopefully, going ahead towards the end of October uh, in Birmingham. So that'll be that'll be interesting. I'll be in a different age group then. I'll have I'll have turned eighteen. I'll be in with the big boys. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how I get on there. Uh, not putting too much expectation on myself, but obviously trying to stay in my own lane uh, look how far I'm coming rather than focusing on who else is going to be there where can uh, people kind of find you or see sort of what you're doing and stuff like that if they were interested oh I might I've got Instagram uh, I can't promise that I post too much on there but uh, you'll definitely see if I'm competing it's uh, just Zach Z-A-K underscore and then uh, it's she he but I did the cool thing where you replace the E's with the threes so it's uh, S-H three three h y yeah awesome 
Awesome. Mate, you should post more when like when you're training and stuff. It's like really interesting to see. It's not something that yeah. well, I know that much about like powerlifting or anything, but it's really interesting to see when you see someone like dedicated to a specific thing and just watching them actually do some like pretty impressive lifts. Yeah, I need to get back I need to get back on my uh, posting game all right. I've been few I took a few weeks off, but I'll I'll get I'll get back on it. I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of footage anyway that I have to send off to my coach so he can look at it. So I've got plenty of stuff to post. So thanks for coming on. It was uh, great to hear from you, um, as always. And yeah, really good to um, hear from like someone who's in a particular kind of competition area or something, rather than talking to people who are more uh, based around everyday sort of fitness. It's kind of like a different area. It's like really interesting. So yeah, thanks for coming on. That's all right. Thanks, thanks for talking to me.